It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Look, I, I'm just here waiting for the Kenobi trailer to start, but uh, for the tr- Kenobi trailer to premiere for, for Disney Plus Day. I don't know if that's the sponsor. If they want to sponsor the podcast, you know, we're, we're in Orlando. It's Disney. Uh, but on today's episode of Locked on Magic, Jalen Suggs, don't be concerned. Mo Bamba playing some catch up and the homestand comes to an end. We'll get to all that coming up here on Locked on Magic. <laughs> Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 12th, 2021. My name is Phil Frostmark. I'm the site expert and editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about where Jalen Suggs compares to players um, in his draft class, why his struggles aren't necessarily that concerning, but there is one alarm bell that I want to start ringing a, a little bit lightly here um, as he gets going in his career. We'll also talk a little bit about Mo Bamba and the areas where he has shown tremendous improvement that the areas where he is still clearly catching up and with the possibility now that Wendell Carter will miss some time after getting poked in the eye the other night, um, why Bo Bamba is going to have to catch up pretty, pretty quickly here. Um, we'll go through some of those numbers coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every single day. Whether you're listening to us uh, when we when we go live at around 10 a.m. every day, whether you're listening to us uh, at the gym, on your lunch break, on your way to the game, on your way home, I know EDC is going on. You're probably listening to us while, you know, bumping to whatever EDC is. Um, We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. We're free and available on all platforms as well as streaming on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We will be doing some YouTube exclusive content, including a pregame show next Wednesday. So we'll be doing a pregame show. I'll probably start at around 7 o'clock on Wednesday night before the Magic's game against the New York Knicks. So get you have that to look forward forward to today's podcast also brought to you by pals at mcdonald's proudly serving communities since 1965 mcdonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty affordable food it's an unofficial community center thank thank you to friends at mcdonald's for always being there i'm loving it there there, there's no beating around the bush um when it comes to comes to this um um, just up here um there's no beating around the bush Jalen Suggs has had a rough start to his career. Um, there's obviously been a, a lot of excitement, a lot of hope placed to Jalen Suggs and into what Jalen Suggs can become. And, and I don't think any of that has gone away. I, I think that's all there. And I'll explain why it's a lot of that's still there um, in, in, the short, in, in a short while. But it's been very, very rough for Jalen Suggs to start, to start his career and start, start um, his, his life in the NBA. The numbers are not pretty. 
um, by any stretch of the imagination. And, and they are worth pointing out. He's averaging 11.6 points per game, 3.6 assists per game, three and a half turnovers per game, shooting 30.6% from, from 20.6% from beyond the arc. Those, those are not good numbers. Uh, when you watch him, you do see the hints of everything everyone believed in. And, and, and I, you know, honestly, I was watching him uh, during Wednesday's game against Nets. It, it, it does sometimes feel, feel like he is overthinking. Um, and just trying to do too much, trying to live up to his own hype. And you could just you could feel all the players, all the coaches trying to get him out of his own head, trying to get him to just settle down, play, you know, play the smart way that we know he can play, and just go out there and not think. His best stuff this year has been when he does not look like he is thinking, when he is just going out there and reacting, taking space, getting into the lane, doing all the things that you know we expect and know Jalen Suggs can do. Like I said. I am still overall not worried about Jalen Suggs. He's still making incredible contributions on the defensive end, as we pointed out earlier this week on the pod. Um, He is still playing some fantastic defense. He is still an NBA caliber player. Um, You know, the shooting numbers will come as the game slows down for him, and it's just a matter of waiting for that game to slow down for him. It's been frustrating, though, without a doubt. The Magic put a lot of trust in Jalen Suggs. They're trying to set him up for success. They're trying to put the ball in his hands, and he has struggled in ways that are predictable for rookies, in ways that are becoming more concerning as time goes by. What we're really waiting for with Jalen Suggs is what I've kind of been terming the breakthrough game. Um, Just a game where everything clicks. And I feel like he's he's been knocking on the door for that for a little while. His shooting percentage, especially at the rim, has started to come up a little bit. He was shooting, I think it was like 48% at the rim through his first four games, and now he's up to 56 in his last eight, which again is... Solid, about the same number of attempts. Um, you know, we're seeing him fin- be, be able to finish creatively at the rim, create contact. He's been really good at getting to the foul line this year. But obviously, the Magic won't need Jalen Suggs. They want Jalen Suggs to be the guy. They've set him up to be the star. And, and again, as good as Cole Anthony's been, I think that's helped relieve some pressure off of Suggs a little bit. Um, now defenses are going to start paying attention to Anthony. They're going to start, you know, doubling him. They're going to start throwing different defenses at him. If the Magic are going to be successful, Suggs has got to deliver. Suggs has got to be that guy. Um, you know, again, he has to hit outside shots. He has to be smart with the shot selection, which he's largely been. He's been able to get into that in-between game a little bit. It's just the shots aren't falling. All those numbers, all those percentages are concerning, but they're not particularly abnormal. Though. And I think this is a really important piece of perspective um, when it comes to Jalen Suggs. Now, the Magic have given him carte blanche. They've given him a green light. He's leading the team in usage rate at 26.3%. He has 12.3 field goal attempts per game. I think that trails only Cole Anthony. So he's got the ball in his hands. It's not a question of opportunity. At the same time, though, his peers are struggling just as much as he is. Cade Cunningham through his first five games, averaging just 12.6 points per game and shooting 28.4% from the floor. Jalen Green, in his first 11 games, averaging 14.5 points per game on 35.9% shooting and 28.4% shooting from deep. Um, You know, these are probably his two closest peers in terms of scoring, in terms of usage rate, in terms of guys that will have the ball in in their hands. And they are, you know, not putting up great numbers either. Now, Suggs' numbers are worse. I'm not going to sit here and say that he should be considered better than these guys. His defense, I think, has been significantly better. Um, but his offense has certainly been worse. But they're all struggling. Now, the, the key difference and the key difference between 
Suggs and some of the historical names I'm about to mention is that breakthrough game. Cade, you know, Jalen Green had a 30-point game. Cade Cunningham has had, you know, some near triple double, has had a, has gotten near triple double, has, you know, looked the part. He's just kind of getting his rhythm back. Um, and if you look at the history, history of, of players that are kind of similar to Suggs or, or players that Suggs was compared to in the draft process, you see a lot of these similar things, a lot of these similar things to what Green and Cunningham are doing. Donovan Mitchell, for instance, in his first 12 games, averaged just 12.9 points per game and 34.5% shooting from the floor. Trey Young, in his first 12 games, 18.4 points per game, shooting 26% from deep. He turned it over four times per game. Darren Fox, who was a common comparison for Jalen Suggs, averaged 11.9 points per game and shot 40.3% from the floor in his first 12 games. Brandon Roy was also someone that uh, Suggs was compared to. Averaged 12.9 points per game and shot 10.5% from three in his first 12 games. It should be noted, quite predictably, in fact, so that Roy missed some time early in his career because of an injury, so that was a little bit disruptive. The point is this. Um, the point that, I, that I'm trying to draw out is this. How you start your career isn't that important. Brandon Roy became one of the best scorers in the league. Um, you know, Darren. Fo- yeah, I think the Magic hope he sucks a little bit better than Darren Fox, but Fox has become one of the most dynamic attackers in the league. Um, Trey Young is a really good three-point shooter. Um, Donovan Mitchell is a superstar in the making still. Um, you know, key player for the best, the, the best player on the best regular season team in the league last year. He's going to get better. Suggs is going to figure out he's going to find his level. Now, again, the concern is Young had a 20-point game in his first 12. Uh, Mitchell had multiple 20-point games in his first 12. Um, there are some Those guys showed very clear hints, um, even early on, of what they were going to be. Jalen Suggs has won 20-point game under his belt. Um, that, that game against the Toronto Raptors, where he, that probably his best game of his career so far, of, of the season so far. But... The inconsistency, especially with the shooting, remains a big concern. And obviously, Suggs' shooting numbers are and, and are worse than all those guys I just named. He's a rookie, though, and patience is required with rookies. Rookies don't know what they're doing, even good ones like Franz Wagner. They don't know what they're doing, and especially when they have the ball in their hands, they make a ton of mistakes. And so obviously, I think... Everyone, you know, I don't think anyone's overreacting. I don't think anyone is, you know, super concerned with how Suggs has played and what that means for his future and what that means for him moving forward. But it is worth noting, it is worth pointing out that this isn't abnormal. This is something that a lot of these high usage rookies go through. Something they have to figure out. And what's important is getting those breakthroughs, getting those moments, getting those times when they really deliver. We're not at the point of panicking for Suggs, uh, for sure. He's doing a lot of really good things on the floor still. He's getting to the spots everyone wants him to get to. It's just about making those shots. And, you know, I think, I will say this, I do think that the new basketball is affecting some players more than others. Uh, it would not surprise me if that's a if that's something that Suggs is, is still struggling with. And, and those basketballs still aren't broken in. And most, and I think we're starting to see off- offenses are starting to tick back up. Um, so I think we're getting to that point. So, you know, I think we're getting a little bit, we're probably maybe a week away from no longer blaming the basketball for, for some of these shooting struggles. Um, but 
Suggs is going to get there. Um, and, and really, I think what we want to see maybe in the next, maybe in the next week or two, we got to see Suggs have a breakthrough game. Um, you know, a game where it all seems to click, where he seems to get it, where the game really starts to slow down for him. You know, unfortunately, the Magic schedule, the opponents the Magic played so far this year hasn't really allowed that. Um, but it will be vital for him and for his development moving forward. We're going to talk about another player who's got some catching up to do in Mo Bamba. We'll take a quick checkup on him coming up here in just a moment. Um, first, uh, you see this comment from Dana. Dana, we're going to talk about Wendell Car- what happens if Wendell Carter misses games coming up here in a moment. So stay stay tuned. So yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, definitely leave comments. I will answer your comments here as well. Before we get into that, that Mo Bamba question, though, a quick word from our pals at McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they will have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries, assuming the McFlurry machine's working. McFlurries are delicious. Um, win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. McDonald's has always been a place that I've gone to to connect with those around me. Um, I remember when I was in middle school, uh, we would get let out early. My dad would always pick me up. We'd go to McDonald's. We'd get the, the two quarter pounders with cheese deal for $2, and we would just sit there and talk. And it was a great way to connect with my with my father. Um, we always McDonald's has always been a part of our lives, whether it was playing Monopoly uh, so, so, so much McDonald's playing Monopoly. Uh, we, we did win some nice prizes, not the big prizes, but some nice prizes nonetheless. Um, and of course the, the Mac attack, if you're a longtime magic fan, you do remember the Mac attack as well. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Remember at McDonald's, it's about community. It's about the community as much as it is about the food and each McDonald's, at least the ones here in Orlando are unique to their communities, highlighting what makes th- this community special. So remember, with McDonald's, I'm loving it. Today's podcast also brought to you by our pals at Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball. Uh, baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, whether we're your first listen, your workout listen, you're on your way home from listen, your lunch listen, whatever listen we are, we truly appreciate being part of your day. We're free and available on all platforms if you want to subscribe, as well as streaming on YouTube. We're trying to get to 200, 200 subscribers on YouTube before the end, before the end of the month, before Thanksgiving. Um, so definitely, if you haven't yet, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be doing some YouTube-exclusive content, including a live pregame show before Wednesday's game against the New York Knicks. That'll that'll be at about 7 o'clock, maybe a little bit earlier than 7 o'clock. So definitely subscribe now to get the alert when we go online. 
So um, we have that question in the chat. I'm going to put my name super down and throw that up. Um, coming up uh, coming up on the chat here uh, on the live YouTube stream, uh, Dana Palmer at – Dana, not Dana Palmer, Zach, I guess. Uh, Zach Palmer. Uh, I guess he's using someone else. Hey, Zach, how's it going? Um, what do we think the Magic should do with the starting lineup if Wendell misses games? Uh, I say you have to go with Okiki, but that invites more. Mo Wagner, which is not ideal. Um, look, if Wendell Carter is going to miss game, miss time, um, he obviously uh, had got got poked in the eye in Wednesday's game, had to miss the last quarter and a half of that game as, as things got really, really bad. He left the game when it was a 15-point deficit, so it wasn't like um, the Magic were winning that game with him, although they did cut it to 11. I think he would have helped make that game a little bit closer. Um, I do think that you end up starting Chuma Okiki. Um, he'd be the outside chance. You go Gary Harris, um, add another veteran in there, um, and slide Franz Wagner over to the four. Um, I do think defensively, though, the Magic would be better off with Okiki and Wagner, uh, Franz Wagner, not Mo Wagner. Um, regardless, though, if Wendell Carter has to miss time, Mortz Wagner is probably going to play. It's going to be Mortz Wagner or Robin Lopez playing. Um, you know, it might depend on matchup. It might depend on some other things. But if if Carter has to miss time, the Magic have to go deep into their bench. And, and obviously, I think. One of the central questions the Magic have had to answer, I've had to try and figure out this season uh, is, so far this season at least, is how do we break our lineup successfully? How do we kind of split our lineups up, give guys rest, but still maintain competitive balance and, compet- and, and, and competitiveness on the court? Um, that's been that's been a huge issue. I mean, like every single issue, every single issue I'm about to talk about when it comes to Mobamba leads back to that issue. Um, if you don't know, um, after Wednesday's game, it finally happened. Um, the Orlando Magic starting lineup is the second best lineup in the league that's played at least a hundred minutes together so far. Um, again, we're still early in this, we're still relatively early in the season, but we're getting to the point where some of these stats are are, are very very real. Um, the Magic starters got beat up pretty bad. They were number one entering Wednesday's game. They got beat up pretty bad in Wednesday's game, um, and so like anytime that happens, the Magic are going to get their butts kicked. Um, if their starters are not dominating games, it's a struggle. Um, what was unique about the Jazz game, and so promising about the Jazz game, was it was the bench that that played really well and helped deliver that win. Um, but that starting that starting group, um, you know, I, I do think there's a good argument. There's a there's a decent argument to split it up. Um, they were having some down games, but they they've kind of bounced back a little bit. Again, Wednesday accepted. Um, that starting group's been really really good, um, and, and you kind of have to like to figure out how effective players are, you kind of have to take them out of that starting group because that starting group has just been so good. Um, it, Cole, J, Cole Suggs, Franz Wagner, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter, it's been really good. Um, and that's, again, why, yes, this potential injury to Wendell Carter and the Magic are going to be, you know, I, I, at the 8.30 a.m. Uh, injury report, the Magic hadn't submitted their injury report yet. The Magic are scheduled to start practice at 11 a.m., so about half an hour they're scheduled to meet with the media around 12:15 so you'll you'll we'll be getting updates throughout the afternoon hopefully about what, where Wendell Carter is at um i i asked coach Mosley after the game Wednesday if there's an update he had no update on Wendell at that point so i, I think it's definitely i think the severity of the injury was definitely going to depend on on how he felt the next day how he felt the next morning um you know again how how serious that injury is so we'll find out more about it but yes there is a potential that Wendell Carter is going to miss a few games, miss some time, and, and that is a huge deal. Um, it is a it is a big deal because Wendell Carter is one of the most consistent players on this team. You know, again, Mo Bamba has the flash, and I, and I like what Mo Bamba's done. We'll talk about him here in a minute. But Wendell Carter is just so much more consistent, setting screens, rebounding, 
just doing all the little things that a team has to do to function and function at a high level. That's not to say Mo Bamba hasn't been good. And I think it's really important to do this checkup, um, especially at this juncture on Mo Bamba and, and where Mo Bamba's at. Mo Bamba is averaging career highs across the board. 11.7 points per game, 8.8 rebounds per game, 58.6% effective field goal percentage, all career highs. Some of that certainly because of opportunity. He's starting, he is playing 30 minutes a game. He has been in the in the mix. And, and honestly, just saying that he's averaging 30 minutes per game, huge step forward for him. Huge step forward for him. This has been a breakthrough season for, for Mo Bamba. He's, he, honestly, if he keeps up even the level of play that he's at now, it may not be with the Magic, but he's earned a contract somewhere. He's earned an opportunity somewhere. He's still young enough. He's still a big enough impactor as, as a player. He will get opportunity somewhere. So, you know, Mo Bamba attacked this offseason, finally had a healthy offseason, attacked it, made the most of it, made himself into an NBA rotation player. And he, and again, opportunity has given him this chance, but he has made the most of it. He's been a very good player for the Orlando Magic. Further adding kind of to the suggestion that he matters, the Magic have a minus 6.7 net rating with Bamba on the floor, 101.6 offensive, 108.3 defensive. And an eleven and a minus eleven point eight net rating when he's off the floor. So again, again, the starters are all really, really good. Um, but he's been he's been a positive force and a positive impactor for the team. Now again, like I said, every starter has been playing well. That starting lineup is I think plus sixteen or plus fifteen net rating, which is good. Again, obviously second best lineup, second best lineup that's played at least hundred minutes in the league so far this year. Bamba's been the one that's been stuck with a lot of those bench lineups too. And, and that's going to affect those on-off numbers a lot as well. Um, I would say it's a little bit concerning that the defense doesn't, uh, you know, that the defense isn't significantly better with him on the floor. But again, some of that is lineup con lineup lineup context necessary. Some of that uh, requires that note that, yes, the Magic are not um, putting Bamba necessarily in the best lineups. Still, though, Bamba is playing catch-up. And I, and I think that's just beyond a doubt that that Bamba is still kind of catching up on time that he lost by not being able to play, by not being part of the rotation. This is not a fourth year player to me. Bamba right now looks like a second or late second, early third year player to me. He looks like someone that knows the NBA game, has experienced it enough to know what he's doing, to react and make plays and make and be a positive impact but still isn't perfect. It's still learning and diagnosing new situations. One of Bamba's bad habits is, is one of the things that actually makes him strong, but one of his bad habits is he will chase for blocks. And that's always been a bad habit of his. He has the length. He wants to make plays and, and he can make a lot of these plays at times. Um, but chasing blocks and missing them leaves the magic open to rebound, to, to giving up offensive rebounds. And in fact, Bamba's defensive rebound rate, while his raw rebounding numbers are career highs, his raw defensive rebound rate is the lowest it's been since his rookie year. Now, yeah, some of this is opportunity. He is on the floor a lot more. There are a lot more rebounds that he is not getting. Um, he's playing alongside Wendell Carter, who's a good rebounder. He's playing alongside Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs, who are fantastic rebounders for guards. He is that definitely plays a role in these numbers. So again, lineup context matters. You do have when you look at these numbers, you do have to understand why these numbers exist or, or what possible reasons there are these numbers exist. But I think you can also look at the tape and say, okay, Bamba's not the strongest rebound. He puts himself out of position sometimes chasing blocks. Um, and there's just a general discipline that he's still kind of getting down. Um, I often say about Mo Bamba, his biggest issue is, is still diagnosing and recognizing plays. 
Um, it's not that he doesn't diagnose them. It's see, think, do instead of see, do. Um, you got to get rid of the think part. And, and again, this is a, this is the thing with Jalen Suggs too. You got to get rid of the think part. You got to just do. Um, and again, like you know, I I, I tell people I tell people in my, in my day job uh, working in TV all the time. If you're going to make a mistake, make it confidently. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I don't make mistakes. But if you're going to make a mistake, make it confidently. Be confident in your wrongness, um, as as one might say. Um, I, I think Mo is still kind of in that process where. He sees he's seeing stuff and identifying situations a lot quicker. He's been a lot better at that. But there's still maybe like a split second sometimes where he's deciding what to do or how to attack it before doing it. And again, like I like I tell like I I would say this about Mo, just do it. If you're gonna make a mistake, just do it. Just commit to it. Don't be half don't be half in half out. Um, and I think there's still some thinking and still some figuring out. Okay, like when do I go chase block? When do I go go make this play? Or when do I stay with my man? And Wednesday's game was a perfect example of that. Um, you know, he put the blame on himself for Lamarcus Aldridge getting uh, getting going there in the second quarter, and he said, you know, I was overhelping a lot, and that was part of the strategy. Um, part of the game plan was to collapse the paint around Harden, Durant, put two, three bodies on them, and make them kick out to the perimeter and have them shoot the ball and have like Lamarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, have those guards shoot the ball and just recover in time. Um, but if you overhelp, if you overcommit to them, then you're late getting out to three point shooters. And you get burned, and that's that's exactly what happened. And Bamba said that that was on me. I, I got to know the game plan. I got to know personnel better. I got to make sure that I'm not overhelping. And and so again, that recognition is really really important. Like so again, I'm not saying all this to knock Mo Bamba. Mo's been fantastic. I really like what Mo's been doing. Um, you know, again, I, I think that he's been putting some bad lineups to make his numbers look a little bit worse than the numbers that I that I like to look at. Um, that I think Mo has done some really good jobs. But there's just another step that has to come because. If Wendell's going to miss time, you know, the Magic, you know, the, the three most consistent players on the Magic this year, Cole Anthony, Wendell Carter, and Franz Wagner. Um, the Magic are the Magic have their second best net rating with Wendell Carter on the floor. Again, a lot of that with the starters. Um, their second worst net rating when Wendell Carter's off the floor. And again, so that means to be that tells me that Mo Bamba's on the floor a lot with those bench units. Um, and 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 that certainly depresses his numbers, but you know, Wendell's been very good. It's it's hard to it's hard to say that Wendell Carter hasn't been good. I mean, aside from maybe some ener- some inconsistent energy issues, he maybe has a couple of low energy games, which which has definitely been, been a concern with him throughout his career. Wendell Carter's been very, very good. So the magic, magic, you know, can't afford to be without Wendell Carter for very, very long unless Mo Bamba makes this next step, makes this next step in his discipline defensively and really becomes a big force defensively. I mean, obviously. Potentially big opportunity for Mo Bamba. We're, we're not going to deny that. We're not going to hide from that. Um, but he's got a lot of work he has to do to continue improving. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the Magic stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll actually go through your comments here to close out the show, talk a little bit about the Magic's um, upcoming game against the Washington Wizards as they close out their homestand on Saturday, coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bar. Look, Thanksgiving is on the way. We're like, Two weeks away from Thanksgiving. It's, it's kind of crazy to believe that. Um, you know, uh, the Magic will be back home pretty soon. Back home after this road trip coming up here um, for Thanksgiving, which will be nice. We could see the orange jerseys. Um, Thanksgiving is coming, and we all need the power to get through it. It's a perfect time for built bars, uh, not just a way to give yourself the energy energy to get through those EMs, but also a, a good dessert bar, too. Um, feast on something delicious this Thanksgiving and feel good about it. Look, one slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories. Um, most Bilt Bars are only 130 calories with only 4 grams of sugar and plenty of protein to boot. 
These are low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, and high-protein snack bars. They're covered in 100% real chocolate too, so you get that savory taste that you love. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a built bar or two. Share some at family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward. And with new surprises all month, limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly. You can check the site out often and get the flavor that you love. There's nothing like a built bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of fun surprises. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to close the show today with a couple of your questions here in the chat. Um, so we'll we'll definitely we'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, some things that you're that you guys have on your mind. So if you're watching the podcast a lot, watching the podcast live, go ahead and pop in the chat. If you have any questions, we'll answer them here real fast. Let's start with Taryn Lewis. Should Orlando trade Ross and Harris immediately? Um, no. First off, no, they should not. Um, you know, yes, Terrence Ross hasn't been great. Yes, Gary Harris hasn't been great either. Um, but right now, you know, who's playing in their spots. I mean, maybe you could acquire some players that could fill that spot. But um, the bottom line is this. Um, trades don't happen this time of year. Um, you know, unless it's a superstar trade or like some big deal trade or just a trade to get a bad guy out of your locker room. Trades don't happen now. Um, it's early in the season. The same way I said, like, don't be super worried about Jalen Suggs. Don't be super, I mean, don't be super duper worried about these guys either. Um Terrence Ross is just coming off his best game of the year, really got into a good flow against Brooklyn. Uh, you know, he said he's still learning where to get his shots in this offense, and he's trying to be a good mentor, I think. I think he's trying not to, like, overtake games in the same way that he did. He understood that was his role with the Steve Clifford teams. That, that may not be his role with this team. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, yes, you, you want to see better defense from Terrence Ross. You want to see better defense from from, from these from these guys. But um, and, and more consistency, especially from your veterans, and the Magic do need more from their veterans. But, you also need veterans in your locker room. Um, it, it, I, I really do think you need veterans in that locker room. And, and while, you know, Ross and Harris haven't played great, I do think they are valuable to this team. Now, you know, a lot of the Magic's veterans are out too. Like not having Michael Carter Williams, I think really hurts. I think that you could kind of drop him into a game for two, three minutes to increase the energy. Like that, if that guy can, that guy's going to buy into some stuff, um, you know, if Gary Harris was str is struggling too much, and I think Gary Harris's defense has been generally pretty good, um, you know his shots obviously not where where we want it to be or where we hoped it would be now now that he seems healthy, um, you know you got you got you got veterans that you, you need to drop in there. And as some people are pointing out, yes, Barkel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac are on the horizon. So you know I don't think you can answer that Terrence Ross or Gary Harris question until those guys are back, until you kind of settle on rotation and figure out where they're at. Um, I do think both are prime candidates uh, to be traded at the trade deadline. Um, I, I would not be surprised if, if if one or both are not on the team past that deadline date. I would be surprised 
um, if Ross makes it past the deadline day, because I still think he has a lot of value around the league. Um, but you don't make those deals until the deadline. Um, I'm sorry, like that's just that's just how things work. Um, deals that happen before the deadline usually don't work out well. Hello, Katino Mobley for Doug Christie. Um, you, deadlines create pressure to make deals, and that's how you make good deals. That's how you make the best, the better deals for you. Now, if a great trade comes along, you you have those conversations obviously before the trade deadline. If a great trade comes along uh, and you want to do it, you do it. Um, you know, obviously, if, if 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 there's something you can't pass up, don't pass up on it. But um, I, I wouldn't expect a deal until February. I think they're they're with the team for the long haul. Um, uh, let's see what else we got here. Let's see what other questions we might have. Um, we got uh, Taryn again asking, if, saying if Carter is hurt, you slide Franz to four and put Okiki in the starting lineup. I mean, remember with the Franz Okiki thing. Um, Positions don't matter. Like they both play three, four. They they, they both switch. Like I, like that possession against Detroit, um, where they were on the floor together and they just switched seamlessly. Like that's the stuff that gets me really excited. Um, I would say this. Uh, I do th- as good as that starting lineup has been. I do think Orlando needs to be preparing for Jonathan Isaac's return. Um, and I do think priming the lineup for it by putting Okiki in that starting lineup. You know, at at a certain point, um, the starting lineup's working. I don't think you break up something that's working, but. Um, I think getting Okiki back up to speed and getting him in lineups where he can make, where he can play that four and you can kind of simulate what it's going to be like when Isaac's back um, and get players comfortable with that kind of rotation. I do think that's going to be important. I don't have an update on when Isaac's going to be back. I'm beginning to suspect it'll be around the same time Fultz comes back at this point. I'm not expecting Fultz back until Christmas. Um, So we'll, I, I don't have I, I no one you can't hear me you can't hear me you like shrug my shoulders but I, I have no answer for this um uh, I, I have no answer for this um uh for for that um so we we will have to wait and see what what it looks like and see what 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 it, what the how where these guys are at and and again yeah the Isaac and Fultz thing is hanging over this team they're gonna be back at some point this year I know it's frustrating that they're that that Isaac especially is not back yet. They're going to be back at some point this year. Um, and so that's, that's you know, when they get back and they get back, and then that's when we'll really begin to, to judge this team. As, as many people have pointed out, and I tend to agree, this team needs Markel Fultz back so bad. He's just so good at controlling the tempo of the game. And and I feel like the biggest issue, one of the big issues the Magic have right now is they get sped up. They get they get behind uh, and they make young player mistakes. They get sped up. They, they kind of lose the game plan. They try to get it all back at once. Um, and that only gets you further in the hole. That's that's what happens with young teams. It's not completely, um, completely uh, unpredictable. Um, Cole Anthony has been really, really good. Um, it, Cole Anthony has been really, really good when he's able to control the pace. But uh, he's also been knocked off his pace plenty of times this year. Um, the New York game, he got kind of knocked off his pace. The second, the first one, not the second one. Um, the the uh, the Brooklyn game, he got way knocked off his pace. Um, you could just tell he was just kind of kind of out, out of sorts. And so, you know, I, I think this team needs a good pace setter. And I do think Markel will help with that. Um, you know, again, it's, it's, it's not about possessions for 48 minutes. The magic are one of the slowest teams on that, on that version of pace. Um, but certainly Orlando um, needs to kind of pick up their pace with how they execute their offense and, and just having someone who can organize um, and, and, and improvise a little bit within the offense will help a ton. And so obviously, you know, if, if the magic can get Marco Fultz anywhere close to where he was last year, or even his, his, Rookie season in 2020. Um, that's rookie in quotation marks. I, 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 I'm no, I'm on YouTube, but um, for those on the podcast, um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be really, really important for him. Um, 
Real briefly, the Orlando Magic will take on the Washington Wizards to close out their five-game homestand on Saturday. The Wizards playing some fantastic basketball right now, um, leading the Eastern Conference uh, in the standings early on in the season. We know that that is it's still a little early to be caring so much about the standings. Um, but obviously, they got Bradley Beal, who's been fantastic. Who's a fantastic player. They've got Kyle Kuzma, who's playing well. Montrez Harrell is the big scary, scary guy to me at this point, um, especially if Wendell Carter is not playing. Uh, he's a high energy guy. He's been rebounding the ball really, really well. Um, you know, he really seems to uh, that that Washington team seems to really be a good fit for him. Um, and with that being the case, you know, especially if Mo Bamba has to go up against him, uh, Mo's got to be on his game rebounding wise um, if he's going to defend him and if he's going to be a, a big factor in that game. Especially if Carter's going to be out. Um, uh, so, so I, I, I think that is that is definitely a big part of the equation. Uh, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode and watching today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore me. Find the podcast at Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast enable listening device. You can also subscribe to our podcast on YouTube. We're now streaming live as well there too. We'll do some YouTube exclusive content coming up here shortly, including our live pregame show, Wednesday at 7 o'clock. So we'll talk Magic Basketball before the game starts. That's going to do for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to go check out the Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you next time here. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.